Welcome to the podcast, Earning Admission with your host, Greg Kaplan, preparing teens for college, life, and career by helping them craft their bright future. This podcast series is for parents who feel lost and scared in the admission process and are looking for expert advice on how to prepare their kids with less stress. Greg is the author of the best-selling book, Earning Admission, available on Amazon and also at earningadmission.com, as well as the new free prep app artists available on iTunes and Google Play with weekly prompts specific to your students' goals. Learn more at artistscollege.com. Welcome, listener. I'm Greg Kaplan, and today I am going to be talking with you about how do we prepare for ninth grade with an eye towards college admissions. But before I get uh, into this topic, let me tell you a little about myself. So I'm Greg Kaplan, and today I'm joined with my co-host, as always, Becky Harrington. Hi. I was that kid that strove for the Ivy League with no support and ended up making it happen. I'm the author of Earning Admission, Real Strategies for Getting into Highly Selective Colleges, and also the founder of the Artist College app. So... This is a podcast that is meant to be something that you can come back and listen to, uh, share with friends and family, and take control of this process and make it more meaningful, less stressful, and better for your family's investment in higher education. Whether you're a parent or student, welcome to the show. You can always find out more by visiting earningadmission.com or artistcollege.com. So last week, we discussed how to stay organized when applying to college and uh, Becky and I, you know, organization, I think as adults, that's something that we have both um, learned probably how to become better at staying organized, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. And it's so constant learning, actually constant learning, <laughs> constant learning. You're absolutely right. And today what I was hoping to do is go a little more in depth as to what that means when you are going from middle school into high school. So here's some thoughts that I have about this time. Um, the, when I see like, like eighth graders, which are like literally eighth graders right now, they're going to be going into ninth grade in just a few months. The summer is not that long. They do not look like mini adults. They look like kids, right? <laughs> and like, they still have those precious little faces and like, they're still so innocent. And you just, you can't imagine that in like four short years, they're going to be like straight up adults. They will be responsible for voting and like doing all these big giant adult things. And so I think as a parent, it's probably hard to look at them and say, wow, I have got four years left to get them totally prepared for their future. But the reality is, and and this is, um, I was telling Greg before we started this, um, he didn't remember this, but when I w- went in, was in eighth grade was the first time I saw this pa- piece of paper, a counselor came in, I think it was to our English class or something and took over for the day for like that class and put this grid in front of us. And it was basically like ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. And it had like the columns were if you want to get into a community college, if you want to get into a state college, if you want to get into a university, if you want to get into an Ivy League school. And it basically showed you for each grade what 
what you would have to accomplish in order to be on track for that. So like in ninth grade, you had to be in AP classes, you had to get a 4.0, you need to have this many hours of community service. And, and then I remember every single year after that, that it was like, okay, let's check in where, which box are you in now? Did you, (laughs) is it no longer possible for the, is the Ivy League box over for you? We could just color that out. That's done. (laughs) Um, But the reality is, is like, they're going into ninth grade and actually the, the choices that they make as a student in the next two years are really going to be it. Those columns and which column they can fit into will be decided by the end of their, their ninth grade year. Um, if they're on track for those big dreams or if they have to start getting more realistic. And I know that as parents, we probably don't, we look into these little angelic faces and we're not ready to think about it, but it's really important. Um, and Greg and I want to push you, if you are listening to this, or if you know somebody who is a parent of an eighth grader who is going into ninth grade, will you share this episode with them? Because it is really important to get a reality check whether you're ready for it or not. Yeah, right, Greg? yeah I think that's just, you know, a lot of times we're like, gosh, this is even applying to college if, if you're the parent of an eighth grader thinking God, that is so far in the future, it goes by so quickly. And just to make sure that, that this is a low stress process where you are mindful of the things that you can and should be doing along the way to make this process more enjoyable and uh, lead to a better outcome, whatever that outcome is that you want for your child, uh, having a plan makes such a difference. Uh, and it really does keep the family together from a, uh, from a stress standpoint and also, uh, to be just like, you know, treating everything in high school as an opportunity to grow, which is, so I think there's a lot to be excited about, even if it is terrifying that it's coming at you at hundred miles an hour. It's, uh, there's a lot to be excited about and there's so many great opportunities that are going to lie ahead for you and your child as part of this process that, uh, we're excited to, to give you, uh, frameworks and ways to think about this in a way that will, I hope, uh, make it a better experience. So Greg, uh, today we're specifically talking about, uh, what those eighth graders right now. So depending on what area of the country you're in, that might be they're getting done with school in two weeks or they're getting done with school in a month. But depending on where you are, it's pretty close. They're, they're soon to be not eighth graders anymore and incoming freshmen in high school. So that's specifically who we're talking to today. If you have that age group or if you know somebody who does uh, share this episode with them. So what are your top recommendations for incoming freshmen to be thinking about to set them up for success in the college admissions process? Sure, Becky, there's four key recommendations for going into ninth grade that I would say to any family, uh, especially the ones that I've worked with, and this comes from experience. So the first is to be proactive about classes and protecting your kids' grades. The second is to treat high school as an experiment to find and develop passions. Third, have a plan to get involved with activities at high school. And four, and this is one that I think is um, probably the most surprising to a lot of adults and parents, is that recognize that sports and high school sports will only help your child earn admission or pay for college if your child is a recruited athlete. So this is a great time. And, and, and honestly, if you've gone into eighth grade 
uh, into a middle school program, your kids are probably have gotten the chance to try out some activities. Maybe they started playing the clarinet like Becky did and <laughs> discovered an overachiever. They discovered no clarinet lame. Um, I was not, I'm not, I'm not musically, I was musically challenged. I tried soccer in middle school, also not a good fit for Becky. So you at least in eighth grade get kind of exposed to some activities, um, depending on how many activities, art, student government, yearbook, those kinds of things. Um, and at least, oh, I did, I also started, I was on the academic decathlon. I was very good at that. I'm a nerd. So I was really good. not good at soccer, not good at the clarinet, totally rocked the academic decathlon. So um, you get to, to try out some activities, but it's a good time to check in and say, okay, we tried out some stuff. How, do, you see, do, it, do you see yourself doing any of these things for four years? And possibly if you're good at them for another four years in college. Um, and it, so this, this is a good time to sit down and have a discussion about, are you in the right sport? I wasn't. I was not in the right sport. I switched back to swimming and that was a better, I don't deal well with like contact sports, just not good for me. Swimming, solo activity, very good for me. Um, so having those conversations, we tried out some stuff in middle school. What do we want to continue into high school? Um, we talked a little bit about being proactive about grades in our last episode. We specifically talked about organi organizing and, and I think that ninth grade is about building some foundational um, habits for studying. Uh, but we mentioned grades here. So be proactive about classes and grades. Do colleges really care about ninth grade grades? Are, are, if, is that what it's going to be about those ninth grade grades? Great question, Becky. Most colleges, not so not every high school starts in ninth grade. Uh, where my mom's from in North Dakota, junior high went through ninth grade, actually. So to normalize all of the data and the transcripts, colleges focus on 10th and 11th grade. Those are the two main years. That being said, your kid won't have a hall pass to uh, do whatever they want and kind of goof off. And uh, it, it's, it's about, you know, getting off to the right, getting off on the right footing and also recognizing that performance in ninth grade classes a lot of times will open up more doors in 10th and 11th grade. So if uh, your child wants to be an engineer and a lot of engineering programs, if your high school offers a calculus class, that's the expectation that your child would take that calculus class because it's foundational for engineering. And so doing well in ninth grade, say if it's geometry or algebra, can lead you to that point where your child would actually be eligible to take that class later on. So ninth grade grades, the transcript from ninth grade, it may not move the needle for getting into college, but it will set your child up for success uh, from, a, from a classes and transcript perspective later on. So that's why we do want to make sure that we're, we're off to the right foot, that, that we are mindful of that, that this is every part of this process is building blocks and we, that we want to really lay that foundation for that. Well, in a lot of schools, if you don't make, maintain a certain grade point average, you're not eligible for AP classes. And AP classes, depending on what kind of college you want to get into, can be a major part of the strategy. Um, for me, like I, I, I knew I wasn't going to be an engineer. My sister, Michelle, her and I are the same age. She knew she was going to be an engineer. And so she 
math and science grades were really super important. She needed to be in the top graded classes, AP classes. For me, math was about survival. So I <laughs> needed to not fail it. That was the goal. <laughs> we were just wired differently. Um, so depending on the path, she knew engineering was in her path. Actually, I think at that point, my sister thought she was going to be a doctor um, and then later changed to be an engineer. But either way, she knew math and science were part of her path. And so it was really important. My dad, I think, and my mom knew very early on that math was not going to be part of my path, that we were going to focus on creative outlets for Becky. So depending on what kind of path your student is looking at, um, I think that the ninth grade grades are about making sure that they're, they're setting themselves up for the, those future things. So, um, so we talked a little bit about just that really what this is truly about is skills and foundations for uh, the, the next years. Because if you fail math 101, what is algebra? Algebra 101, you might not do very well in algebra 202, right? Or even get into it. Exactly. And so it's just really important to kind of, um, I was, I guess, not that lucky to get that four year, like, oh, if you do this, then you can go to this type of school. But a lot of schools in middle school, what I see working with students is you'll get a kind of course sequence chart. Uh, and if not, you can definitely ask the high school that you'll be attending in the fall, uh, what are the course progressions? If I'm being placed into algebra one is the following year, uh, geometry uh, and then the following year after that algebra two and then is it pre-calculus or calculus uh, or from the common core which uh, most public schools throughout the United States have been implementing in the last couple of years uh, is it integrated math and then is it is it integrated math two or whatever path we are on understand where am where are we going and where do we want to end up and then treat those classes accordingly and um and part of that is, so if you, the goal and the necessity is to get into Algebra 2, like Becky was saying earlier, um, make sure that you, like your child, builds skills in Algebra 1 that will prepare them for Algebra 2. We can't expect, uh, especially with math and science, everything is foundational. And the things that your kids will learn in ninth grade and 10th grade, they will rely on to do well in an 11th and 12th grade. And so... We want to build a transcript that shows your child's academic promise and potential over time. And it's also important on that same token is to be mindful of not overextending ourselves. I always say the, the, the best offense for a transcript is a good defense and pick and choose your battles. Like Becky brought up a really great point, which was math was about survival. Uh, were you, based on that, you probably weren't pushing yourself any further than you needed to on math uh, and probably were focused more on, I don't know, history or English. Is, is that a first statement, Becky? Yeah. I mean, I, so I knew I didn't, I knew that getting an A was probably out of the question. Um, I just, I'm dyslexic. And so math has always been a lot harder. My brain is just wired a bit differently. And so, but I didn't want it to drag my grade point average down. So while getting an A was probably out of the question, my goal was to get a B. Uh, to, to get into the B range. And so I think that there were years where like maybe one of my quarters, like I was in the C, but at the end, like I averaged out in the B range for math. And that at least made it so that I didn't pull my grade point average down, but I wasn't on the path 
to have a career that was going to have anything to do with math, thankfully. And that is so important to recognize is let's just, let's be honest with what our strengths are and, and play to those strengths. And that is part of your plan. That's part of being proactive is being honest with ourselves, being like, this is what we're good at. And this is where we should focus to start showing a college how we can add value is play to your strengths. There's, there's no shame in that. Uh, and if anything, I think that's just a really sound strategy that, you know, we all try to do um, in every aspect of our lives. And, and that should be what we encourage our kids to do is follow their heart and also follow their skills. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and one other thing that is just really worth mentioning and something that comes up a lot, especially here in uh, Orange County, where there's some very competitive public high schools that um, are kind of, um, you know, they're well known for assigning a lot of homework and for just being very academically focused. Um, a lot of, I think one of the first questions, the two questions I get most as a college counselor are, um, will sports help my child get into college? And as I've already uh, mentioned, it's, it depends, but most likely not. And then two, uh, we're at, you know, super tough, you know, high school USA. Uh, will a B at my child's high school be worth an A at, you know, good times high, you know, the next town over? And the answer is no, is that an A is an A is an A, a B is a B is a yeah. B. And uh, be mindful of that. Do not expect the name of your high school to carry weight in this process because it will not. They spend five minutes reading an application. There is no time in that five minutes from cover to cover with an application to do some kind of an adjustment like, hmm, like Becky's at this super tough high school. I'm going to add an extra point to her GPA. There, there's no such thing. Or for them to even know that. Uh, so we, if, so if this, this might be your first time listening to this episode, if somebody recommended it and you are just onboarding into this high school process, this might be the first time you've heard, uh, Greg and I talk about college admissions. So I highly encourage you to go to, back to episode one, where we talk about the most important thing about getting into college. And that is passion development. And so from the perspective of an incoming freshman, a newly graduated eighth grader, we are talking about how do you help them figure out what they're passionate about. If you are a parent of someone this age, and I just said that to you, you're probably like, what? My kid, passion? <laughs> we can't possibly be there. So uh, we totally understand that. We're still going to say it's really important for you to start working towards passion development and also developing some uh, ways that they can actually start utilizing that passion in, in practical ways that they can eventually show on a college application. So Greg, tell us a little bit about your tips for helping parents with an eighth grader <laughs> going into freshman year of high school to start figuring out what the heck does my kid care about? Yeah. Uh, and by no means at 13, 14, 15, is this the expectation? Is it the norm? It's just that we really want to start being mindful of, hey, we want to treat high school as an opportunity to develop and explore passions. And, and that's really what this is about. And uh, for lack of a better method or, or word, this is all about trial and error. Is uh, This is just one giant experiment. And it's about starting to have those conversations at the kitchen table, asking, oh, what do you see yourself you know, doing in 10 years? What would you like to do? It's the first question I ask every student when I meet them is where do you see yourself in 10 years? And so if you're, if you have a 14 year old at home, it's where do you see yourself at 24? 
uh, you'll like, you know, maybe still in school, finish school, that first job. What is that first job? What, what, is it, what, what is the first thing that pops to mind? And then it's really interesting to see what, you know, to see that, uh, you know, young mind start working to say, okay, this is what it could be. And then start working backwards and finding activities and, and find ways to experiment with how do we gain exposure to those things that uh, could be interesting to, to our kids. So um, when we mentioned, so again, if, go back to episode one. This is a really lengthy topic and we go into it very in-depthly um, into why passion development and uh, showing that passion development is the number one thing, the most important thing you need to know about college admissions, which uh, is, is different than most parents think. So, but when we talk about activities, Greg, um, you know that the length of time that they are involved in that activity is really important. And so that's another reason why it's, it's really important to say, okay, what activities are they going to get involved with now? Um, and we don't want them to necessarily be bouncing all over the place every year because colleges do have an element where they care about, well, how long have you been doing this? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a good point is that on the application forms themselves, your child will have to state how long they've been involved with an activity. And this is the part of the application where it's like, show me your passion, not just tell me your passion about it. And if you, have, and if you are reporting that, oh, I'm really interested in healthcare and I volunteered at a hospital for 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, I can see that passion based on that involvement. And so what we wanna start doing early on in high school is experimenting so then we can find the activities that make sense for our kids and stick with those throughout high school. So. It's great to get involved, it's, it's, and it's also awesome to change your mind in high school and start eliminating things that we, we realize and, and recognize that are not good fits. But uh, at some point, we will want to tell a story about what have I done in high school that shows what am I capable of adding to a university. And so uh, that is coming, and just to say, oh, like senior year I started, uh, you know, I got involved Habitat for Humanity, and I wanna go into construction management. Sure, that's just less of a convincing answer then I've been doing this in 10th and 11th and 12th grade. So treat the beginning of high school uh, as an opportunity to start getting involved with stuff and seeing what fit feels good. So the stuff that feels good, you keep going with, and the stuff that doesn't feel good, you drop. And by the end of high school, you will have some involvement in a few activities that actually matter that you can write about in a convincing way. So the other activity that's pretty important in this one, a lot of parents see dollar signs attached to it is sports. Um, depending on whether or not your child is really good at that sport or has the potential to get really good at that sport could equal uh, money to help pay for school. And so a lot of parents are super motivated about preparing their kids uh, from a sports perspective. Tell us a little bit about how that works. Yeah, and I think it's the biggest misconception for every eighth grader going into ninth grade is that, you know, we're playing Little League, uh, baseball or softball or soccer or swimming, and we hear kids in the community that got into Stanford for that sport or got a full scholarship to another school because of their sport. And so it's uh, the, the, the thing that, well, that's the ticket for us. And you know, that is an awesome dream. And if, and if there is passion for that sport and your child loves playing that sport and that's what gives him or her joy, 
uh, stay involved with it. But I think we just need to be very realistic about the odds of recruitment and, and what, how does sport actually factor into this. So let's take a step back. Sports, the, the way colleges uh, evaluate an applicant, it's what do you bring to the table? And so if you, are, if you can play a sport for that college, that is a heck of a lot of value to that college because like, they need athletes for their teams, whether it's a big school that they televise the games on TV or it's a small school, they need athletes to compete for them. So if you can compete for them, you're at the level that can compete for them and the coach wants you to compete for them, you're bringing a ton of value. That's why if you are a recruited athlete, it's getting the red carpet treatment in this process, which uh, you know, the rest of us mere mortals just you know, don't know what that's like. Um, but if you're not being recruited for that sport, it, that value proposition that, okay, well, I love the fact that you play that sport, but if you can't play it for me, why do I care about it? And that is the cold reality in this process, which is unless you are playing the sport for the school, it will not help your child get in. And to piggyback on that. So the next question that most people ask is, well, how much, you know, how many students do get recruited for sports? Across all sports, uh, the national average is 6%. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that again, just because I know it is, it's, it's a dose of reality for a lot of folks, especially if this is the first time you're hearing of this. 6% of high school athletes are recruited to pay at the college level. So there's a 94% chance that uh, an athlete, a high school athlete, will not be recruited to play the sport. And those numbers are even more daunting in the more popular sports like soccer or basketball or softball or baseball. Some other sports like crew or fencing, you know, there's less athletes, so it's higher uh, percentage. But it's, it is hard to get recruited. We need to be realistic about our expectations. And the most important part of this is we never want to sacrifice grades. Going back to the point we brought yes. up earlier. That yes. Yes. And, you know, I, um, so I have five sisters and all of us played sports, um, of some kinds. And actually most of my sisters, I am, I am not considered an athlete. I definitely, even though I played water polo and I swam, I would not say that like my general makeup is an athlete. My parents were like, well, she may be the worst one on the team, but she's still on varsity. So, uh, (laughs) but I do, I do value what I learned in sports because I learned how to be healthy, you know, to have like disciplines that would help me, um, manage stress better. Um, that would keep my, myself in shape, um, good eating habits, teamwork, all of those things. But it was really speech and debates, um, and, uh, associated student government. Those were the the um, things that I was involved with that actually um, I would say I brought into my career today, that those, uh, those activities and being involved with those things uh, taught me the skills that I use every day um, in my, my development and that really pushed me forward. I don't regret doing sports because I probably would have just, what else would I have done? Probably bad stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It kept me busy. (laughs) And, and, there's, and I'm not trying to bag on sports in high school. I just want us to be realistic about uh, wh- what we should expect from them and how we can make the most of them and make sure that come senior year, you're like, huh, like, why is no college contacting me for my child to go, you know, play tennis at Harvard? And, uh, you know, that's okay. Uh, it, it's more likely than not. It doesn't mean that your kid's not a good athlete. Uh, it just means that there's a lot of really talented 
high school athletes from all over the world that are, are trying to use this as an angle. And we just need to be realistic. And, um, you know, for folks that are, you know, feel that their kids are playing and competing at that elite national level, our, our app, Artists, uh, gives a lot of great tips and recommendations. If you're going down to Sports Angle and actually want to get recruited, and we'll, you know, probably do a podcast episode at some point about how to navigate this on how do you, um, actually navigate that world. Uh, our app, Artists, if you haven't downloaded it, download it today because yeah. we do provide that insight into how to navigate sports recruitment. But at the same time, for the rest of us, the 94% of us, like I was a swimmer like Becky and a water polo player. Um, if anything, it was going to be an essay about what did I learn about being a team player as, as opposed to let me into your college because of this. So we do provide a lot of really good ideas and recommendations for when it comes time to write those essays about uh, how, did, how did sport make you a better person? Because that, that is a fair thing to talk about in an essay. But um, so it's, it's, it's a reason for, you know, even if you're not going on the sports angle or expecting sports to play a role, artists does support every high school athlete, turn that sport into a positive and also serve as a constant um, kind of, you know, sense of like, how do we turn this into a positive and not put all of our eggs in a basket that may not carry water. And I did have one sister who ended up getting a full ride scholarship to a division one school for volleyball. And let me just tell you, the coaches and my parents knew that that was a possibility from her freshman year. The, the recruiter started showing up and whining and dining my parents by her sophomore year. Uh And um, so if your kid is in that category, we didn't have to do anything. Everyone knew it right away. So, um, and she did go on to play um, and, uh, and uh, get a full ride scholarship. That is a possibility. It does happen, but it's, it's usually known pretty quickly that that's the track that that student's going to go on. So we're going to wrap things up. Um, so just a few practical things to walk away with. Remember going into ninth grade, it's about building the foundation for the future. So be proactive about thinking through those classes and the grades. Um, should your kid go into AP or should they not? For me, I didn't go into AP because my parents knew that studying and uh, tests, uh, taking tests and those kinds of things were challenging for me. And so what they wanted was the best possible grades. Um, my sister, Michelle, she was in all AP classes. These were strategic decisions that were being made. Um, treat high school as an experiment to find out what you're passionate about. Have a plan to get involved. We're all about planning here, okay? That's why we have artists. You need a plan. You're not gonna just magically make this happen. You have to start charting your path through here. You can start artists as early as eighth grade right now. So if you're listening to this, Go download it now. Your kid is already at, we can start this right now. Uh, recognize that sports um, help if your kid is recruited. Uh, download the Artist app right now. Go do it. Artists, get it on your kid's phone. Get it on your phone. Uh, connect them. Start the plan. Start the process. And um, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are here every week giving uh, advice on how you can get into college. We're going to be focusing on some pretty practical episodes that are specific to different age ranges um, for the next few uh, months and through the summer. So there's always opportunities to get involved with us. If you uh, go to Amazon, you can search Greg Kaplan with a K. Earning Admission is his book. 
I highly recommend it for parents to start reading that now. It really helps you understand the process. He breaks it down, download artists, go to artistcollege.com to learn more about what we do. And we'll see you next week. Bye.